Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue our series called Live Sent. So I'm going to let you get ahead a little bit. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8 is where we're going to be. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If you've got the North Star app, the easiest way to follow along, go to North Star Church, Georgia, in the App Store, and that will get us there. And so you'll have all the information. And maybe if you came in today, they gave you a little brochure on the way in. That will be our guide as we work along this morning. We're really, really glad you're here. It's a good day to live in Atlanta. Welcome to Jocktober, right? I've been telling you. How many of y'all stayed up and watched the game last night? Oh, yeah, no sleeping today. How about a big round of applause for the Bravos? Great night last night. If you're like, Mike, I'm not a Braves fan. I'm sorry, all right, you're missing out. We're really glad it was a great night. These are those sleepless nights again, you remember them. The year Ann and I got married was 1991. So if you lived in Atlanta in 1991, the Braves had been terrible, terrible in the 1980s. And it's like 1990, they're bad, 1991, I think they're gonna be good. I think Then they're in the World Series and it's the night we're getting married. We're getting married, and I'm like, I'm going to get married once in my life, and the Braves will make the World Series once in my life. So really want to know, and all my groomsmen, one of them on the second row right here, started bailing because the Braves and Twins were playing. And I'm like, where's everybody going? Everybody's going back. This was pre-internet, right? You didn't have the phone to watch the game on, but man, it's a good, it's a good time to live in Atlanta. And you're like, what does this have to do with live set? Absolutely nothing. All right, and so you're going, what's the tie-in? How's Mike going to tie this? I can't. You're just welcome to North Star. So we're really, really glad. And you're like, Mike, I don't like sports. Good luck. All right, and so I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. So let's catch up and talk, talk about where we are. We found two weeks ago, we found a guy named Stephen. Stephen had been tapped to take care of the widows in the church and Stephen did that, and then Stephen began to preach and teach, then we found Stephen getting stoned to death for his faith, okay? Last week, we find Philip, another guy that had been tapped as sort of the, uh, an extra group of guys, and, and when, let's just say this, when Stephen died, um, persecution started in the church, and what was centralized to Jerusalem now, people just began to go everywhere because they were trying to kill everybody who said they were people of the way, and the, the, the story of who Jesus was, it began to go everywhere through that region. And now we find Philip last week in Samaria with the Samaritans, the people nobody would associate with, and today we find him meeting somebody from another part of the world that he probably should have never met. So a lot of stuff's going on, but I want to get a baseline, all right? We're all very different, walked in here very different this morning, so I want to make sure we're all on the same page. How many of you believe that God is sovereign? You're like, okay, unpack sovereign. What's sovereign mean? So I'm going to give you the, the Mike-ized version of what sovereign means. God's got it, right? That's what sovereign ultimately means. God's got it. He he, it may not look like he's got it, but God's got it. Yes or no, do you believe God's sovereign? Yes or no? Yes, okay. All in favor? I mean, everybody raise their hand. I didn't ask you to raise your hand. I said, but anyway, so uh, yes, I do too. Which means there may be times it looks like he doesn't have it, but he has it. So if he's 
sovereign, meaning God's got it, it's not just for times it looks like he's got it. It's for all times God's got it. There are times things happen that look like God took a day off, that look like they're not part of the plan. They look like they're not part of the story. But if he's sovereign, God's got it, then it all works as part of a plan. And if God's got it, At the end of the, this is where I wish we were in a small group so we'd talk about it, but way too many people in here to talk about it. And so, um, if God's got it and he's in control, that means he ultimately knows all things. That's why he's God. And if people matter to God, then every life really counts for something. So let's talk about this real quick. I think if I were to sit down with every one of you in this room and you're literally in Compass, True North, those of you sitting on the patio today, if you're out there, it's cold. But anyway, so if you're sitting out there today, um, watch it online, You're, you, we all do different things. But I think everybody would go, at the end of the day, Mike, I want my life to count. How many of you would say, I want my life to count? You can raise your hand now. There we go, all right. All right. I want my life to count. I don't want to get to the end of my days and go, Man, my life didn't count. Now, how does our life count? Does our life count by what we accumulate? Or does our life count by who we influence? So if if our life only counts by what I accumulate, then some make it and some don't. I don't think it's about accumulation. I think it's about impact and what our life leaves, legacy. See, legacy isn't something you leave. Legacy is the people you leave. Today's that story. So I say all that to say, Philip, his job given by the apostles was to take care of the widows, but now we're way past that, right? The church is spread. Philip's gone to Samaria, right? Took the gospel of the Samaritans, and now we find him in a very different place. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? If you're new to North Shore, like, why do we stand? We stand because it's a great way to honor God's word, and you stayed up late watching the Braves. All right, here we go. Let's go. Acts chapter eight, verse 26. As for Philip... An angel of the Lord said to him, remember last week we found him with Simon the sorcerer. Remember that whole conversation? You missed it, you can go back and catch up on it. The angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, interesting. Was this audible, inaudible? We don't know. All we know is Philip heard from the Lord, who is sovereign, who gets it, heard from the Lord, go down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. There were two roads, two main roads. One heavily trafficked road, another a desert road, a deserted road. Here in the south it would be 
a red clay road, a gravel road. There's just not much on it, right? So that's the picture of what's going on here. And Philip doesn't go to the populated one. He goes to the deserted one, the desert road. Now, if you and I are Philip, we know the end of the story, but if you and I are Philip, we're going, all right, God, I think you've gotten the map wrong. Your, your GPS is screwed up, right? Your, your garment, if you still use that. All right, your garment's off, or I printed off my map quest directions, and these things just aren't working out real well. I, I think you got the wrong road. Not what happened. Look at, look at what it, verse 27. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of where? What does it say? Okay. Up until this point, Nobody in Ethiopia knows about the story of Jesus yet. It's interesting. We have, no, we have no observable information that anybody from this African country had ever gotten this information about who Jesus was. A eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia, actually in some versions they call her the Candace of Ethiopia, meaning Candace is like Pharaoh. So it's just a name. It's a general nomenclature name that's given to the leader of the country. So we know he's an Ethiopian eunuch. What we don't know is he eunuch, is he a eunuch by physical appearance or is he a eunuch by designation? We don't, we don't know the answer to it. All we know is he works for the most powerful person in Ethiopia, the queen. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, he'd gone to worship what he knew. Interesting. So here's a dark-skinned man going into a house of worship in Jerusalem. You can tell there was a missing piece of that story. He went, but they didn't have the completed story. And he was now returning home, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet of Isaiah. Interesting. So back then when you would read, you would read aloud. That's how you would read. You wouldn't read to yourself. You would read it out loud. The Holy Spirit. So Philip's just there. It's where he went. He said, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Now, there's no other traffic on the road. And all of a sudden, this dude just comes up and starts walking alongside the carriage. Awkward at best, right? And so it's just sort of a weird deal. Philip ran over, and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? He has no idea who this guy is. Now, if he's second in command, the treasurer of, of Ethiopia, he's probably got an entourage with him. But Philip runs through them because he was told to be there. Ain't nobody else to talk to. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? How in the world am I going to get? I don't understand this. This is foreign to me. And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him, which meant to be cemented with him, to come alongside him, to partner up with him, to cleave to him. It's literally what that word meant. The message of the scripture he had been reading was this, interesting. He was like, led like a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated. He received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. Now, I'm going to give you one 
easy toss-up question. And if you always answer this word in church, you're probably going to get it right nine out of ten times. He was, the prophet Isaiah was writing about a guy that was to come named who? Jesus. See, in church you never get wrong. Just say Jesus. and I mean, you're probably going to get it right most of the time. Here we go. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was this prophet talking about himself or somebody else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the what news about Jesus. What is he telling? The good news. Everybody look at me. You can almost see Philip going, oh, I can't wait to tell you this. They said bad news. This isn't, okay, let's do a lesson here. All right, that's not what's going on. He's like, let me, let me just tell you what happened with this guy named Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Evidently, Philip now has gotten to the point of telling him about what baptism represents. It's crazy. He just sort of brings it all in. He ordered the carriage to stop. They went down in the water, and Philip was baptized. And Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, which we'll get into that later. The eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. It's sort of like God had a plan that day. It's sort of like God was up to something. Sort of like God's up to something today. It's sort of like he's got a reason for you today. That's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Would you just pray right where you are this morning, Compass, True North, Patio, watching online? Would you just pray today, God, show me what impact looks like? Would you? Show me who you put my life here for. Jesus, walk in these rooms, walk in these hallways, walk in these aisles. God, I pray we meet with you today in a way we just can't even quantify, but we know that we did. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Before you're seated, turn around and find two or three people. Say, I'm really glad you're here this morning. Then you're going to grab a seat. All right, there's a power of one. It's interesting. So Philip, I have a feeling when he got tapped with a job and he thought he might be preaching and teaching one day, he thought of masses. I don't think he thought of desert roads. It's interesting about Philip. Philip's willing to go to a a group of people and preach, but he's also willing because big crowds were following Philip, but he's also obedient to go to the one place because there's a power in one. There's a power in one. How many of y'all can think of some person, not many, but there's been one person in your life you're saying, this person had a massive influence on me. Raise your hand. May have been a mom, may have been a dad, may have been a brother, a sister, a husband, a wife a friend, a coworker. Uh, a few weeks ago, my daughter's fiance was in town and we were sitting on the back porch and he met a guy and he's like, how do you know him? And I'm like, let me tell you the story. So every time you're with me, it's like, let me tell you the story. You're like, 
God, I hate to ask. All right, and so I'm like, let me tell you the story. And I told him all the, the stuff that's come out of this one guy. Now, he didn't lead me to Christ, but I don't have a ministry in the world I'm in. I don't have a door that's opened that doesn't trace back to this guy. There's a power of one. God created your life to count. He left you on this earth to matter. You're not an accident. If he's sovereign, and we said earlier, y'all both said yes and raised your hand. All right, you said earlier, he's sovereign. He's got this thing. Then there's a story at work. Learn a couple things today about how to impact one person at a time. Number one, be where God wants me to be. Be where God wants me to be. Philip didn't go, I think I should go down to a desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's not where you would go. He was in Samaria. So he had to travel to get there. But he went where God wanted him to go. Well, Mike, I I mean, how do I know? I want you to write this little thought down. Be open to his voice Daily, so you know. I'm not telling you God's going to take you out of your occupation to move you there. I'm telling you, most likely, the person God's going to bring across your life is somebody you cross paths with every day. You just don't see it. We are waiting for some massive revelation and the, 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 the light to shine down on us. Oh, this is it. It's not how it works. It's that daily walk with Jesus. Mike, how do you know? Everybody look at me. How do you know? You just know. I think this is the person I'm supposed to talk to. I think this is the reason I'm here. I think this is the purpose for this. So if God truly desires for all men to come to know him, then he's going to do whatever he can to connect those that know with those that don't know. God went out of his way to get Philip to this road. Here was the key to Philip. All right, I want you to write this down. We're going to move on. He was about God's agenda, not his agenda. He was about God's agenda, not his agenda. I don't know what Philip had on tap that day. I'm sure he had some stuff. But he felt the Lord speak to him. He heard the Lord speak to him, and he went. He was obedient. He was obedient. This isn't like, Philip, I'm going to have you preaching in front of thousands He's like, Philip, I I just need you to go. Well, God, this doesn't make any sense. Have you ever found out some of God's greatest moves in your life absolutely make no sense on the surface? Zero. In fact, most of the things God does in our lives, we would choose for him not to do because they just start out crazy. They do. They just don't make any sense. But Philip was ready. Well, Mike, how do I hear from God every day? And this is something we say all the time. Lock eyes with Jesus every day. Open his word and pray every day. 
We have a little thing. If you go to our website, if you go on the app, it's called Digging Deeper. It is a day-by-day devotional written off the sermon. And it just helps us every day. Remember, okay, God didn't leave me here by accident. Today matters. Can we just be honest? There's some days you get up that just don't feel like they matter, right? There's some days you're like, this is the greatest day ever. And there's other days you just want to get through the day. You just want to punch through. You just want to get through. Every day matters. Every face matters. Every story matters. There's a purpose that God left you here for. Point number two. Pay attention to the people around you. Pay attention. People around you are not there by accident. They didn't end up with just a job at your facility. They didn't end up just as a neighbor that happened to move in next door. They didn't end up as just a roommate that happened to move in your room. Pay attention. Yes or no. All right, make it easy. Is it possible to live a day and really never see people? Yes or no? Now, I'm not talking about see them. You see people. But I'm talking about see them. I wrote down two words that helped me remember this out beside it. Attentive and interested. Attentive and interested. Attentive and interested. It's one thing to see people. It's another thing to see people. Like you're interested in them. You're attentive. You're not just, hey, but you, you see them. Here, look at what Philip did. Philip ran over, heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and he asked this question. Do you understand what you're reading? I want you to write this little thought down. Ready? Attentiveness always comes with questions. Philip did not run up to the guy's chariot and go, dude, let me tell you my story. All right, he didn't do that, right? He just said, what are you reading? You know what I found out about people? People love to tell you stuff if you're willing enough to ask the right questions. Because when somebody asks you a question, it means they're interested in you. It just means that they want to know about your life. They want to know about your day. They want to know about what you're up to. How many of y'all have ever been around somebody that never asked you a question, but they told you lots about themselves? Don't point. Raise your hand. All right, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, this could take 20 minutes. And there's not, they're not interested in you. And then you meet those people. They're just interested. That's what Philip was. Philip was interested in this guy. Pay attention to the people around you. I'll promise you this. The people around you have a purpose for being around you. There's a purpose. They're there. They may not know it. You may not know it. But it's not an accident. Why you chose that school why you chose that neighborhood, why you chose that job, why you chose that set of friends. It's not an accident. 
pay attention to the people around you. I want you to write this little thought down. I'll tell you a little story and we'll keep going. Live with your eyes up. Live with your eyes up. Live with them up, not down, up. See, here's what happens. We start our work week and we put our eyes down and we go take care of our job. That's probably where your greatest impact's gonna be because it's where you spend the majority of your time. Live with your eyes up on the lookout. God, who do you have for me? So I remember, being, I remember, so Ann and I will celebrate 30 years married this month. And so I remember at Liberty when I met Ann, I was living with my eyes up, all right? I was on the lookout, right? I, y'all get what that means? So I was on the lookout. I was on the hunt. I was looking. She was not. I was. But anyway, so I was on the lookout. I was, I was I, and I, I remember the day I saw her. I'm like, I think that's the person I want to marry. So I said, I told my roommate, he's like, you're an idiot. But anyway, so I said, I think, I think I saw her. Why? I was on the lookout. What would happen in our lives if we lived with our eyes up? I think we would see needs we miss. I think we would hear people's hurt that we're not open to because we're just too busy. You know, it's so fun, so... One of my favorite things here when we were able to go on mission trips, and hopefully soon we'll be able to do that again, is a lot of times we didn't have cell service, and you're with a group of 30 or 40 people from North Star, and we would all just sit around and talk. It was like a lost art. Nobody was looking at their phone. Nobody had anywhere else to be. It wasn't like, you know, we were getting out and going, hey, I'm going to take a taxi and go run around town. We didn't do that. We stayed right there, and we just talked. Number three. Start where others are spiritually. Start where others are. It's really interesting about Philip. Philip knew a lot. Evidently, he knew enough that the apostles gave him the designation of, yeah, he needs to be one of our leaders. That's how much he knew. He knew a lot. But Philip didn't start with what he knew. He started with what the eunuch knew. Tell me what you're reading. I'm reading Isaiah. And then Philip begins to unpack Isaiah for him. Can I let you off the hook? If you are a church person and you've grown up, and there's a lot of you, you've grown up around church, people are not interested in the depth yet of what you know. They're interested that you know something they don't. And they'd really like for you to start with where they are, not where they're going to end up. So growing up, my brother's 11 years older, my sister's nine years older. When I was a, a First grader, my brother was a senior in high school, right? <laughs> Let that sink in, all right? And so I was, I was just starting school. He was in school, and David was really smart. And he had a math book sitting there, calculus or whatever it was, sitting on the table. And I'm taking my very first math class in elementary school, right? I remember looking at his calculus book going, I will never understand this. I was right. But it was, uh, I'll never understand this. Why you can't start at math as a first grader and figure out, I think goodwill hunting, right? I, I can't figure it all out. You, you add a little bit as time goes. That's what I love that Philip did. Philip started with where he was. So today, 
give you all something to pray for. At 1.30 today, we've got the Kennesaw State baseball and the Kennesaw State softball team coming here for lunch. And I'm going to do a, a little a challenge time for their teams as they look into their 2022 season. Well, I'm not going to say today, I don't know these kids' backgrounds. I know a handful of them that go to North Star, but I don't know most of them. I'm not going to say, take out your Bible. We are going to figure out Revelation. All right, today, that's what we're going to, I want y'all to, we're going to, we're going to talk about the beast. And we're going to, I'm not going to do that because that's, you know, we're going to talk about low-hanging fruit, something they all face, fear, discouragement, trouble. That's low-hanging fruit. Every athlete deals with that. Start with where they are. Number four, lead them towards Jesus. God puts you where he puts you to point somebody towards Jesus. Your life counts. Mike, my life doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You've got breath in your lungs. Your life counts. You've got a story to tell that's bigger than you. Mike, I don't really know what all to say. Point them to Jesus. Remember what I love that it said, Philip told him the good news. Dude, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. So here's a question I have to ask my life all the time. Do my words, actions, and love point people to or away from the Lord? I have to ask that all the time. Because it is possible, even with my designation as the title of pastor, to live a life that doesn't point anybody towards the Lord because all I do is hang out with people who go to church. So I have to intentionally put my life in places where I'm around people that may not know. Coaches, kids, business events. It's intentional. Then I got to say, while I'm there, does my life, do my words, my actions, and my love point people to or away from the Lord. I believe we have the greatest news ever. So a buddy of mine down here, Dave, we played ball together at Liberty. We played for a coach named Al Worthington. Coach Worthington was getting near retirement age. He had been the head coach there, had been athletic director, and now he was just finishing up as the pitching coach for us and he retired right after that. Yeah, I was a legend. A legend. Played in the major leagues for years. I cannot remember a restaurant or a ball field. I did not hear this conversation with somebody. The conversation was this. Has anybody loved you enough today to tell you that there's a God out there who loves you? I never witnessed a person going, I'm not interested in that. I heard a lot of, no. Would you tell me? Ladies and gentlemen, God did not put you where he put you so you can become Billy Graham. It's not why he put you there. 
maybe in his sovereign plan, he put you there for one, one person, one. Maybe at the end of the day, God's plan for my life wasn't to do what I do. Maybe it was for one person that I'm going to meet somewhere and have a strategic conversation that points them to Jesus. Ethiopia, this African nation, got the gospel of good news about Jesus because Philip was willing to go to a desert road. It looks scattered. I mean, what kind of game plan is this? We had our, all our church together. We were all in Jerusalem, and then persecution starts, and everybody spreads. And the good news about Jesus didn't stay in Jerusalem. It began to get to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you ended up with it. I ended up with it. Why? To keep it to ourselves? No, to pass it on. Now, what if every day I got up and said, God, you've got an intention for me to live with today. Who's my one? Who is it? I guarantee you this. When you begin to live life that way, you will make your life count. Would you pray with me? Father, today could be a game-changing day in the life of this church. Game-changing in the sense that we begin to see we're not just in the story. We're part of the story. There's a piece that I play in the story. And I'm going to play my piece to the very best of my ability. Maybe you're in one of our rooms today. You say, Mike, I think I know my one. Would you just take a second right where you are and begin to pray for them? Would you pray for that conversation at the water cooler? sitting over lunch or at the mailbox or at the locker or in the dorm room would you just pray that God would begin to draw their heart to him just like he did the eunuch he was interested he wasn't he was interested just say God I wanted my life to count I want my life to matter. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Mike, I am the other part of the story. I'm the guy who doesn't know. I never knew the good news of Jesus. I always thought it was sort of bad news. It seemed like, man, somebody invited me and I, there's just something different about Jesus. Yeah, there is. I want you to know you've been prayed for this morning. We had people walking over every chair in our auditoriums praying for you today.
If you say, Mike, today, I'm, I'm like this Ethiopian. I, I want to know. I want to know today. Can I lead you in a prayer to meet him? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, thanks for loving me. Thank you for living for me. Thanks for dying for me. And thanks for rising again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Father, for those that made that step to you today in prayer, Father, may they be as obedient as this young man was. Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would y'all join me, and let's thank the Lord for our time together this morning.